Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ingles floats it out to the corner to Dante. Top to Hayward. Gordon back to Dante. He's been shooting it well. He'll fire a three. He'll hit. Dante Axum. X marks the spot. The youngster coming into his own as of late. You are Locked On Jazz. Your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's Locked on Jazz for the 23rd of September, and training camp is right around the corner. We'll look at the big storylines going into camp, plus the Jazz sign a new player, the arena renovation, two icons of the game look like they're stepping away, some injury news, and the rest around the NBA. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. Thanks very much uh, for tuning in. Uh, I want to thank the guy who uh, dropped out the uh, tweet that he simulated the drum roll and his life is complete. If that is true, then I feel sorry for you for your tone deafness and complete inability to ever hear any sounds in life that you've actually simulated that. So uh, if that's the case uh, and that's, you know, then then we all can have goals to aspire to. Uh, (laughs) I want to take a a quick second. I want to thank our sponsors this week. Uh, uh, Devin Cash of Equity Real Estate, who's been with us the whole time and and been a huge supporter of the program. I really appreciate you. Uh, SeatGeek, remember to use the promo code LOJAZZ if you're looking for tickets to the Utah-USC game. You can do it. It's that simple. comes right to your phone. Might be the best way to do it, in fact. So that's LOJAZZ. You get a $20 rebate. And then uh, really appreciate the Shamrock Auto Group who have uh, jumped aboard and joined us. Uh, it's a neat group with Rob Taylor and his crew uh, out at 203 North 200 West. Appreciate them and their support uh, out there. They specialize in that nearly new car for you uh, and do a really nice job, and Rob's, Rob's a good guy. So uh, nice to have the Shamrock Auto Group uh, involved as well. All right, let's get to the show as we usually do. Uh, we'll hit our pins across the world. We will... Uh, kind of look at what the storylines of camp are going to be. Monday's media day will have a lot of that for you. I don't know exactly what the plan is. I know 1280 The Zone will be live. I think there's a chance uh, that we'll be doing something on utahjazz.com as well. Uh, that's the hope. We'll see. I, don't, I haven't gotten all the details on it yet, so we'll see whether that comes to fruition as as I would hope it would. Uh, and that'll all be for you tomorrow, and we'll check in. We'll, be, we'll probably have sports news uh, by then. Uh, quickly, by the way, on the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On Warriors has a really good interview with Jonathan Sharks, who I did a Locked On NBA earlier this year with Danny LaRue's killing it there. So that's, that's a nice one uh, for you. Everyone's doing kind of their bigs and center uh, look today uh, across the board, uh, and then a preview of camp. So that's available for you uh, and you can check that one out. But that's a, that's a really nice episode with Locked On Warriors that, uh, that dropped along the way. So, uh, you know, check, check all those things out. All right, let's get to our pins across the world. You can send those to me at dlock09 
at gmail.com. Pins across the world, dlock09 at gmail.com. And I'm trying to – I've gone back into the to the archives a little bit. Uh, some of them, we have had a bunch of them, and they early in the year last year there was a flood, and, and I missed some. So I'm trying to go back. This one was sent to me on December 29th. It is from – Arimo, Idaho, I think that's how you pronounce it, Kevin Nielsen sends it to me. First of all, thank you for your good work. Appreciate it. Uh, I work off hours, and it's great to stay connected with the jazz on my time. That is the whole essence of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I've been a jazz fan since Malone and Stockton. Uh, I've never forgot when Stockton hit the game-winning three over Houston. I live in a small town not found on many maps called Arimo, Idaho. Seriously, you live in a town that's not found on maps. That is awesome. I always thought I was going to study, I actually was a sociology major, and one of the things that I was so mesmerized was small town, community, interaction, culture, subculture, that kind of stuff. This would classify. It's about 200 people, and it's all Utah Jazz. We have an old lady, we have old ladies in the town that get together and watch the Jazz games together. Family will frequently take trips to Utah together to cheer on the team. I recently went with my three-month-old to my first Jazz game during the Clippers game. Uh, We... We start them when they're young. I love how the Jazz play hard every night. I feel like uh, even with the injuries, we're always in games because of our effort. And as a youth leader in my church, I use that to inspire my youth groups that there's life rewards will occur based on your effort you put into it. Thank you to the Jazz faithful. That is cool. From uh, Remo, Idaho, A-R-I-M-O. I think that's right. Uh, 200 people, not on maps. That, my friends, is putting a pin somewhere in the world. It is I'm looking right now that he, he is exaggerating. It's got, according to Wikipedia, they have the consensus had 355 people. That's kind of cool. Anything interesting about it? I'm doing a quick scan. This I, I don't know. I'm into small towns. The population rose 2% from 348 to 355 in the latest census. They had a huge drop in 1990, they dropped 8% of their population because they dropped 26 people. Um, 46% are under the age of 18. 66% are married. Um, it's kind of cool. All right. Anyway, that's stuff you just never thought you'd learn today. You did. Let's get to our tip-off story of the day. Uh, Storylines going into camp. What will we be talking about in camp? Obviously, the number one storyline is going to be Dante. I've watched him in open gym. He looks very comfortable. Uh, He shows the flashes of why he was a number five pick in the NBA draft. He is came to us as this six foot six beanpole. He is not that anymore. I think he's hovering around two Oh five. I think he was last measured in around one ninety. You know, the thing on Dante though, is he has only played in one of the last three seasons. Remember he takes the year off before the draft because uh, his draft stock is rising and he's not he decides not to go to college and he can come through that loophole. And so he plays his 19-year-old year with the Jazz, doesn't really play as an 18-year-old, and then sits out all of his 20-year-old years. So we're going to see kind of, I think, a continual uh, circumstances in which he's not always certain how the game's going to fill and get himself in trouble and you can see him you know drive in the lane it closes off faster than maybe he expected but there have been plenty of times defensively offensively uh in open gym where you see the flash of speed you see the newfound size um 
you know, he's going to have to figure out how to shoot. He shot just 35% as a rookie and 31% from three. Uh, there's a very limited track record of players that have turned that into being good shooters. Now, maybe he's so young um, that he'll be able to break that trend, but it, you, you're going to have a hard time finding guys in the league uh, that that shoot that percentage. And what's, what's daunting is in that rookie year, he shot 73%. At the rim, you know, he got those, he shot so rarely, he got those fast break opportunities. And so he shot 28% from three to nine feet. He shot 11% from 10 to 15 feet. He shot 22% from 16 to three point range. Those are areas offensively he's going to have to figure out how to improve upon what he's doing. Defensively, he's still going to be a force. You can just see it. He's so long. Um, Offensively, he really still sees so much of the floor. When he's out there, just even in open gym, you can see him making passes that guys that aren't their 6-6 can make that 6-1 and 6-2 guys uh, can't. So that'll be obviously a huge storyline. The veteran presence, what do George Hill, Joe Johnson, and Boris Diaw bring to this young group, and how do they all come together, and, and what can be learned from having them, and how does the new chemistry form will probably be the second storyline. I don't know how we'll ever know the answer during camp uh, of that. But I think we'll see it at times. There'll be little moments. I'll try to share them from being behind the scenes of where one guy's talking and the next guy, you know, is interacting. The other day was Boris Dia was sitting down in the end of the gym with three guys around him just talking and, you know, sharing. Maybe he was talking coffee. Maybe he was talking champagne. But he also might have been talking basketball. And that gives a, a level this team hasn't had. I've told the story about George Hill coming to the side. You know, we this, we that, and things that weren't we because he wasn't a part of them. Uh, and I think that uh, will be interesting. The AB's health, Alec Burks, is he healthy? Can he get his game flowing again? Uh, will he be uh, a fourth wing to this team, or will he play enough well enough so he becomes a third wing, almost forcing the uh, Joe Johnson down to playing small uh, because he's playing so well that he demands time. I mean, this is what's so interesting about this Jazz team is that you have A.B. who's either the fourth wing unless he's playing well and then you can force him in the lineup because Joe Johnson slides down or are Dante and George Hill both playing so well that one of them slides to a two and then forces you know, even more time uh, in all of that. Uh, but A.B.'s health, he just hasn't been right. He never got right last year. Uh, he had those little off-season surgeries. And can he figure out who he is as a player? But moreover, can he be healthy and believe uh, in who he is as a player, I think would be the first thing. As training camp goes, I think it'll be very interesting to see. They're only playing six games. They're not playing any back-to-backs. Uh, I would suspect that they'll sit out a few got games, but I don't think they need to sit out you know, a bunch of games for guys um, along the way. And it'll be interesting to see what lineups they use, how they try to learn to interact, how does Joe Johnson assimilate. Uh, I've been stunned by the amount of passing Joe Johnson does at Open Gym. And, you know, will he, how does he work into this team? What are the various laps? Who does Boris Diaw play with? These are things that we're going to know much more through early part of the season. But there are still things we're going to be watching in uh, the storyline parts of the season. It's interesting about the Joe Johnson thing, by the way. I I really have been amazed at what a good passer he is. And, and then I went back and looked at him. I wonder, well, why am I amazed by that? You know, in Atlanta one year, he averaged seven, six and a half assists a game. He had three years at 5.80 and another few years at four. It was only in his last years in Brooklyn when that team became uh, kind of a mess that he his assists ever dropped below three and a half a game. It was just one year of his entire career 
where his assists drop behind three, below three and a half. Um, that's the 13-14 year in Brooklyn. And that team, you know, one, didn't get along. Uh, two, uh, I think had Darren Williams dominating the ball a great deal of the time and Paul Pierce dominating the ball a great deal of time. And so there wasn't a lot for uh, the same assist opportunities for Joe. Sean Livingston was playing a good deal on that team. Uh, and so therefore uh, had that actually, yeah. So, you know, you look back at that team, Lopez averages 21 points a game on that team to lead them in scoring Joe's second at, at 16 and then Darren. And so there probably was not a lot of assist opportunities uh, in that group, the way it was built, which is why. So maybe I shouldn't be so surprised at what a good passer and how much he has passed. And then the one for me that I've talked about a great deal that I think will be particularly interesting into this training camp is how different Rodney Hood and Rudy Gobert are. They are in their second year as starters. I think we all kind of forgot that they were in their first year of starters. And so now suddenly we see them uh, get the opportunity to be understand what they're embarking upon Rodney has worked to get much stronger so he can get more consistent. Talking to people, this was really interesting. Their viewpoint of what it's going to take for the uh, for Rodney Hood to be more consistent, not have such an ebb and flow in his game every night. The the what they saw is partic- more than anything else is a is a physical strength that if you're not at the baseline mid level strength. Uh, physical strength, then you're going to have a hard time being able to maximize your skills. If you're not physically, you know, above average strength wise, you, your skill level doesn't come out. And so they really worked with Rodney uh, to try to get there during the off season. And hopefully we'll see that. I've seen some different moves from Rodney uh, with the ball handling. He's got a little better balance than he has before. He's swinging the ball through and having his elbows high, almost James Harden esque uh, in some of his dribble moves that he didn't used to do. And one thing Rodney's got to do is he's got to get to the free throw line more. 2.5 free throw attempts in 32 game, 32 minutes is not enough, and that is what leads to his inconsistency as he relies on his shot so much. But if he could go get that up to five or six free throws a game, then you're not going to be as reliant on whether you're shooting well uh, every single game. So those are the four big storylines for me, five big storylines I think I put in there. Trey Lyles' development is probably another. I mean, there's a lot. It's going to be a really exciting training camp with a ton of different things uh, to talk about. By the way, Utah Jazz season tickets are still available for this upcoming season. We're not the Warriors who have a 14,000-person waiting list, crazily enough. Um, so they are available for you. Uh, lower bowl seats and upper bowl seats. We saw the arena renovation uh, yesterday. I want to talk a little bit more about that. Those are That is just incredible. Uh, what this The money is being put in and the work. That arena is just going to have a complete facelift to it. It's just awesome. But the... Uh, most exciting thing uh, to that is some of where, how the upper bowl is going to change with the new food gardens in every corner, beer garden, one of them. Uh, so if you want to jump aboard, get your tickets now. Hold those seats for next year. It's not a bad idea. So I might really consider that uh, if I were you. Tickets are available. Call 355-DUNK or go to utahjazz.com. Tell them Locked on Jazz sent you. That's always a good thing. That helps. That makes me look good uh, along the way. And, you know, really, I'm into me looking good. So just anytime you want to do that, that, that would be nice. Um, you're supposed to laugh right there. I have no idea if you did, but you were supposed to. Uh, so 
nonetheless, if you'd like to uh, jump aboard on that, we we uh, get the season tickets. If if getting, I understand if getting forty four games is too much, then they actually have really cool packages for you where you can buy uh, eleven games or twenty two games. So three five five dunk or Utah Jazz dot com uh, for that. By the way, if you're an advertiser and you want to be a part of this program, we do have some inventory, not much left uh, for the remainder of the year. Uh, there are a few spots there available for you. You can email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. Our audience numbers have been mammoth this week, so we're really we're picking up some nice uh, numbers. Our audience is about 97% male. It's actually maybe skewing to 96. Uh, predominantly men between the ages of 18 and 54 with a little skew toward 18 to 44. And you know, research has shown that podcast listeners are more likely to support sponsors of programs uh, with their connection. So if your company wants to be a part of this, email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. All right, let's, I, I don't, uh, I didn't get to go to the arena renovation uh, press conference, but I did want to just kind of mention it. Uh, the, I, I've heard about it a lot. I'm close with the guy who's kind of spearheading the whole thing. It's, it's just an awesome project. Uh, it's the jazz have done and the, and the arena has done a wonderful job of taking an old arena and making it still fresh. And now uh, to open up some of those sight lines, to have that indoor-outdoor pavilion, to update the upper bowl, uh, I, I think this is really going to move us into a modern element. What one person said to me is, you know, the Millers are spending just an incredible amount of money. And so if you're not tearing up the foundation or changing the outline of the building in any great fashion, when you're spending, you know, 100-plus million, uh, then you really uh, are – able to do a lot it's it's awfully cool that the uh that the organization's doing that it's really cool they really did it with very little um public assistance which is just unheard of in this day and age so i i find that um uh really cool uh on that on that level as well a few other notes henry sims signed yesterday he's six foot ten he's out of georgetown he's played a lot in the league uh he might be able to stretch a little bit he's big physical burly he's gonna beat you up he's gonna he's a decent mid-range shooter um he's been working on the three and uh he'll you know he's gonna give jeff with a run for his money that's gonna be a little bit of a of a battle is whether or not um you know, whether or not Sims can show something that Withy can't. Withy's such a great rim protector. He's really shown his ability uh, to help this team and contribute. And so that's gonna it's going to be tough for Sims uh, to do that, but that's what that battle will be. Uh, you know, Sims is able to stretch it out. Not great. He shot, he shot um, 41% from 10 to 15 feet in his career and 42% from 16 feet to three. So he's a decent, above-average, mid-range shooter, um, has tried to add the three recently, was in Brooklyn for a little while, was in Philadelphia, one of those terrible teams for 73 games. So he's had a lot of NBA experience. Uh, his rebounding is okay. He's, his rebounding rate defensively, is it's not exceptional. It's it's just pretty good. Um, and so the question is going to be whether he somehow brings something uh, with his experience that maybe Jeff does not, and they'll have a little battle in camp to see uh, who gets that spot. The other one that could happen in camp I probably should have brought out is if Quincy Ford or someone looks really, really good and forces his way into a spot. Uh, two icons of the game may be stepping away. Violet Palmer has retired. She really has an important spot in the history of the game as the first long-running female official uh, in the league. I, I don't think we should minimize that at all. It, it's She has a really has got an, a mammoth role in, uh, and now we have other future officials that are coming into the game 
open the door for young kids. We'll see a generation of, of women who believe they can officiate in the NBA, and it will stem back to this. So I would say that that's a, a pretty uh, fabulous uh, role she has. Kevin Garnett uh, is working on a buyout with the Minnesota Timberwolves, so we could end up with Duncan, Kobe, and Garnett all retiring in the same year. Uh, quite a legacy uh, left behind them. Uh, we'll see. A few other notes for you. Interesting article I'd suggest uh, Tom Haverstow of ESPN did uh, something interesting about uh, the rest and the back-to-backs, um, it, that's pro- by True Who presented it, um, and, and the whole element of rest and, and what's going on and how important that is. Uh, and this is the new technology uh, that's going to uh, change. And, and what he points out is, you know, in 2012, there were 19 players that took a game off. Uh, in 13, 14, there were 46. Then there were 86. Now there's 146. Um, so player teams have done it. I think we'll probably do it with Joe a little bit this year. I don't know why we wouldn't do it with Boris uh, a little bit. Uh, I, I actually think we should do it with Gordon. Gordon's burden is is outrageous, uh, the level we've asked. I think that'll be one of the big stories of the year of whether or not we can get Gordon, uh, who's who's worn out as the year's gone on the last two years, to stay fresh uh, in a lot of ways uh, there. So that's an interesting story. Paul Millsap out three weeks on non-surgical knee procedure. And Chris Bosch. Uh, that situation, I don't know what's going to happen uh, there with what's going on uh, with Chris Bosch. Certainly going to be very interesting. He clearly wants to play. He's gone to the levels of having a documentary about it. Uh, and then uh, Miami's doctors clearly don't think it's safe. Uh, I, there's not a lot of answers to how they're going to fix uh, all that. So that's kind of where we stand today. I'll be back with you to Monday, uh, and then we're we're underway. It's going to be awesome. If you're a football fan, there's a bunch of crossover podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. So the Packers and Lions have comboed for uh, crossover, getting ready for their game. Chargers and Colts have comboed for getting ready for their game, uh, which is a very, um, which is a very very good uh, show there. I uh, just was listening to it on, on the way, and I, I'm a little bit of a Colton. The Browns and Dolphins have combined on one as well today for you, so there's a lot of good combination p- article uh, out there. Crossover between the Cowboys and Bears as well has taken place. So um, a lot of good content, and obviously Matt Williamson's Locked On NFL as well. This has been Locked On Jazz for the 23rd of September, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.